Welcome back to the Claims Coach Podcast. This is Kevin Quinley offering you insights. This week's topic is bad faith prevention by embracing what I call the New York Times test for claim file documentation. So I suggest that when you're documenting claim files, or your adjusters are, that you use what I call, and others call the New York Times test, which is the following. Would you be okay with this claim file entry being published tomorrow morning on the front page of the New York Times? And if in doubt, leave it out. This is a litmus test for deciding whether or not to put comments in the claim file. So be cautious when you venture beyond capturing and archiving facts in the claim file. Now, some some people disagree. I, I believe that the claim file ideally should not only capture the facts, but at least in a perfect world should show the adjuster's rationale for important decisions, such as why the reserve was set at that amount, or how the settlement range was was computed, or the factors that entered into the decision to reserve coverage rights, uh, the factors that entered into the decision to decline coverage on a claim, the factors that entered into the decision to make a settlement offer below policy limits despite demands to the contrary, the factors that entered into the decision to take the case to trial. Now, those factors may be illuminated, not through the adjuster's notes, but through other correspondence in the file, as long as there's some context. These are simply examples. You don't need to write a lengthy dissertation. Bullet points are fine. In a perfect world, the claim file would speak for itself in terms of what the adjuster did and the rationale behind those decisions. Most claim files do not suffer from too much documentation. I've yet to see a claims audit that criticized an adjuster for being too detailed in his or her documentation. More likely, the evergreen criticism uh, of claim files is that there's insufficient documentation. And of course, claim auditors never seem to have enough. They have an insatiable hunger for documentation. Enough is never enough, but I digress. Adjusters should stray out of the red zone. For example, if they, what they, if they included rationale for a settlement offer uh, and mentioned that the insured or the claimant is in dire financial straits, that's an invitation to a bad faith claim. If an adjuster expresses opinions, personal opinions about an insured or a claimant's honesty, ethnicity, race, socioeconomic status. Those are all bad faith tripwires. The same goes for email. You know, email provides the illusion of privacy. But that's what it is, just an illusion. Uh, Emails are lodged on some server, even the ones that are deleted. They're on some server somewhere. They can be retrieved and will be retrieved in the course of discovery of a bad faith claim. In the heat of the moment, adjusters often say things and write things in emails that they would be loath to communicate in other types of written communication. So take a deep breath, and before entering something in the claim file, 
ask yourself, how would this look being published on the front page of tomorrow's New York Times? Trust your gut or run it by a trusted coworker. You'll save yourself a lot of heartache, embarrassment, and maybe your company from a bad faith claim. One concluding thought, in today's politicized environment, some business associates I've talked to have pushed back against my recommendation for using a so-called New York Times test. They maintain that this is not appropriate because the New York Times is too liberal and prints fake news. Okay, Instead, they suggest something like the Wall Street Journal test, because the Wall Street Journal is perceived as being more conservative. Look, I subscribe to and read both daily newspapers. Hard copy, which probably makes me a Neanderthal. But I don't want to politicize this issue. Whether you want to call it the New York Times test, the Wall Street Journal test, the Atlanta Constitution test, I don't care. The principle is the same. Don't record in the claim file anything you wouldn't feel comfortable having published on the front page of Fill in the blank, your local newspaper. Another caveat. I've had some recent bad faith cases uh, on behalf of insurance companies where plaintiff experts have criticized this yardstick, equating it with a management directive to sanitize, that's the word, sanitize the claim file. Now, I strongly disagree with this characterization. Sanitizing a claim file suggests that you've already got damaging information in the claim file and you're removing it or destroying what's already there. The so-called New York Times test, though, or whatever you want to call it, involves not memorializing claim adjuster comments which aren't grounded in facts or investigations or reflect the adjustment process or decisions were impacted by factors extraneous to the merits of the case. So this isn't the same as sanitizing the claim file, which would be removing damaging documents. One suggestion is preventative. The other, I would call a cover-up operation. So use the New York Times test as a guideline for what adjusters put in the claim file. That does it for this week's Claims Coach podcast. If you have any questions, or wish to reach out to me, do so at www.claimscoach.com. Until next time, stay productive 